What is going on? Happy Saturday to you out there in the world, and welcome back to another episode of the Honeycut Scenario, my podcast as an imaginary conversation for real-life friends, not in real life, but digital, non-linear, semi-intimate, intimate, intimate, dang, already with the grammar and the English uh, let's see. It is Saturday, as I mentioned. Uh, it is a beautiful day on the Outer Banks. Uh, it's chilly here. As I mentioned in my last podcast, it's uh, mid-March weather, which means it's spring-like in the way it looks, and it's still uh, a little chilly and windy and sometimes a little bit difficult because you're ready for the spring weather, but it's not quite there. I have come to relish it. I know what to expect, and I embrace the difficulty. Uh, difficult, difficult, lemon difficult, as opposed to uh, easy, squeezy, lemon, peasy. Easy, peasy, lemon, squeezy. Well, it's very Willy Wonka of me. Um, let's see. What are we talking about today? So uh, I'm doing a, a weekend podcast because I've been working towards – well, I'm not working towards. I am an active – coach right now. And I've been working with a lot of different people, having a lot of different amazing conversations around <clears throat> personal development, change, strategy, growth, all the things that are uh, good about humans. And I've been hanging out with more coaches. And so I have a group of coaches that are starting to check this out. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome. I keep it relatively short talk about a topic, a few random things, and then off I go. There is no script. I don't have any script for this show. I used to write things down, but then I'm like, you know what? Let's just have a conversation. Uh, my beverage of choice uh, today is a Topo Chico mineral water. Uh, so I'm going to have a sip of that. <clears throat> oh, that's good. And uh, a few announcements. So the band Everything has been making new music again. Uh, we will be starting a crowdfund campaign, so we'll be doing a Kickstarter at some point in April. It's been exciting. The material is really strong. Uh, we have not put out anything new in 17 years. Uh, there are tons of ideas and pieces and parts, and I'll actually talk about that process here in a second. Uh, we had a little get-together a week ago. Uh, we invited some friends in, played some pieces of, of music that were partially finished, talked about our process, had some sing-alongs, and it was really amazing. It's an amazing thing to be connected to people. And as a band that was dormant, as a band that had a whole career in the 90s, as a band that had an unbelievably huge hit song, it is very interesting to be in my early 50s and reconnecting with people through music and having faith and cultivating the faith in the musical path as its own thing. Uh, and there's been some, some breakthroughs that I've had in the last few weeks that I think are uh, we'll just talk about. So we'll get into that here in a second. Um, so there's that part of it. And as I mentioned, I've been actively in the coaching path. So I've been getting my training to work towards credentials. I have clients. Uh, I am launching a coaching business called Aim Upward. And for any of you out there who don't know what coaching is, <clears throat> coaching is a very fascinating profession. Because um, when I originally thought about coaches, I was like, it's the the mustached person with the bike shorts on that blows a whistle and tells you to run laps. And that is a type of coach. And uh, 
what modern coaching is, and coaching is tricky too, because it, it's like being a yoga teacher, right? There's yoga teachers, and then there's yoga teachers, and there's coaches, and then there's coaches. And one of the things that I have discovered is the beauty in people who are trained, who actively cultivate the skill set and the toolkit to be a very good coach. And a few things that I have learned that have really resonated with me, because I, I've, coaching is an, it's a name for an ancient practice of being with somebody and holding space and listening at a really deep level and creating an active listening loop so that the energy flows around and the person you're with can articulate their own real truth and come up with their own path and to see themselves in the way that they want to and allow them to be heard and be listened to and be felt. So one of the things that I've heard that I really love is that um, coaches are agents of awareness. And it's interesting because we're, we're trained to uh, coach the person, not the problem. Like we're not trying to fix somebody, right? We don't, you avoid telling somebody the solution because they inherently know it, right? You really have faith in the deep power of the individual. And the other uh, thing that I loved about coaching is the idea of active listening, right? Or being a thought partner. That's another one that comes up a lot. So I've really been enjoying it because throughout my life uh, as a front man, my job for a whole decade or more, hundreds of times a year plus, was to be a bridge between a band and the audience. Because a lot of times as a lead singer, I wasn't actually playing. I was trying to vibe out, right? And one time I'll talk about Colonel Bruce Hampton, who has taught me a lot about what being a front man actually is. But it's sort of this invisible gravitational center point that gives context to the music and then allows the flow from the audience to the musicians and back and forth and really like studies that invisible connection. Um, and so in relation to that, I've also, because I'm a singer songwriter, I love to sit with single people or small groups of people and play and feel that vibe. Um, that has also led to over the years, having really deep and meaningful conversations with people and helping people come up with ideas, right? They articulate something, I see something in them or whatever, and it's led to some really cool things. And Trisha, for a long time, is like, hey, Craig, you need to figure out that's like kind of your path, right? Is, is talking with people and listening to them and seeing things in a way that maybe that person hadn't quite seen yet, and then off they go to like, do something cool. So coaching is that vessel. And uh, I've been lucky to have a mentor in Mark House, who is a veteran of the tech industry, who is an executive coach, um, who I met in my MBA program. And it's intuition, right? So that leads me to kind of the, the topic. And, and I'll talk about the intuition part in, in relation to the MBA, because I realize I'm kind of moving around topic here. But yesterday, I had... Uh, a very interesting discussion with uh, a PhD candidate, Dr. John, 
I'll have to look at his last name, and I can talk about it on the next podcast. But he came through a colleague, and he's doing a research project uh, to get a PhD. And he actually, I think, already has a PhD. He's a therapist and a master certified coach. So I scheduled an hour-long interview that I actually forgot about, where I was a research subject. So I was going to answer questions for an hour on video and just talk about a subject. Um, And the subject is around critical self-reflection. So I want to be helpful. Part of being a coach is like, you know, supporting other coaches, getting to know other coaches, creating a community, participating in a community, and just, you know, finding a vibe, finding connection. And so I filled out a questionnaire, and I, and there's all these different variations of questions around critical self-reflection, and I, I actually didn't know how to answer them because I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, what is critical self-reflection? And... I actually forgot that I had the interview and I was really booked up yesterday. And then it, it came, it was like five of three o'clock when I had this interview and I, I saw the notification. I'm like, crap, I, I volunteered for this. So I was like, all right, let me get it together. And so I get on the horn, the horn, I like that, right? I was on Zoom. We can call, is that still the horn? When you get on the horn, can Zoom be considered a horn? There's a visual component, so it might need a, a another angle to it. So anyway, so I get on and we start talking about critical self-reflection. It's like, hey, what is critical self-reflection to me? And as I was talking about it, uh, it was interesting because when I started to answer the question, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I, critical self-reflection. So when I think of critical, there's the idea of the inner critic and the judges, but critical, I think of logic. I think of technical skill. I think of rational thinking. And I was like, okay, so there's this consciousness, like a conscious mind. Hey, I'm, you know, focused on this. And then the self-reflection part deals in intuition. Like what's the interior environment going on? What are the feelings? And then I was like, well, that ventures off into the unknown, right? So the subconscious that then peers off into the abyss of the unknown, right? So intuition. And I was jokingly saying, and then it goes out into the woo-woo. And I was like, critical self-reflection for me is that that dancing shoreline between those two sides. And I was like, and it's like that, that little like knife's edge, you right? Or maybe it gets a little wider or whatever it is. I was like, that's kind of what it feels like to me, that critical self-reflection. And as I talk through it some more, one of the things that I love about coaching, it reminds me of um, you got to be transparent, right? You got to really know yourself and know when you're bringing yourself to the table in a way that's you're bringing baggage or whatever. And, you know, being yourself, being true to yourself, but then being a really clear, active listener to allow that energy flow to go round and around so that you are actively participating with someone without really like talking too much or talking about yourself or whatever. And it reminds me, like we use a term in music where it's like uh, things are transparent, right? You want a microphone that's transparent. You want a microphone preamp that's transparent. And then you talk about like coloring the sound and stuff like that. And that's important. But a lot of times you just want it to be honest. Hey, can I get an honest and accurate reading? And then, you know, that's, that's warm and has soul. And it's like, you can hear the nuances and they're in the right way. And it's like, it's interesting because it's like energy flow. It's like energy flow. And we were talking in the interview yesterday and I, and it was like, well, what happens when you have breakthroughs with intuition and stuff like that? I was like, wow, it's like the river. It's like the river's been dammed up a little bit and then it, the water flows. And it's interesting because I feel like we're all dealing with chaos 
intellectually at very least, like sometimes in real life, but just sort of like there's a lot of noise around. There's a lot of noise in the workplace. There's a lot of noise in our paths. There's a lot of noise in faith. And it's interesting because uh, part of this idea of critical self-reflection, we were talking about intuition, and I was like, you know, referring to times when intuition really helped me. And as I was looking back on my life at times— because I'm uh, coming up on being 10 years sober next week. And part of addiction is holding on to the past. And part of being sober is dealing with those painful memories. And I look back and I'm like seeing a lot of the things that used to like bring up post-traumatic stress. Like I like have a moment like, oh, that sucks. I'm, I'm, I'm remembering that about myself. And I feel negative right now. But I've kind of gotten to the point where I can look back and go, oh, well, that's the compost of this new garden I'm growing. And at times I look back and I'm like, gosh, I'm incredibly lucky because there was an intuition that was guiding me. And there was a moment when I was living in Los Angeles and I had a really bad herniated disc in my back and I was needing to make a change. And I was taking a leap of faith to do a song a day on YouTube that a friend said, hey, you should do this. And I was like 39 years old and I was going through a divorce and I wasn't in a good place and I was still struggling with alcohol and it was time to make a change. And so I took a huge leap of faith and I ended up back East because I intuitively wanted to be around people that I just were my people. And I wanted to be closer to my folks because they didn't know me as an adult. And I was like, hey, I would like that experience. And I was open to possibilities and I ended up working for JMU, which is where I got my undergraduate degree. And I ended up in an MBA program thinking I was going to be working towards a PhD. And that's where I met Mark House, who taught me what an executive coach is. We shared a love for music, and we we're actually working on music and leadership spaces and music in the brain and the music in the workplace and these kinds of things. And music is team building. Music is community building. And it's super interesting as I was talking about critical self-reflection and also intuition and self-awareness, and I could look back on when intuition was guiding me. And it's amazing because it's like, oh, to acknowledge like, oh, there was a deep part of me that actually knew what I needed to be doing, even if maybe my subconscious or my ego or my fear or whatever was emerging was saying, oh, this is weird. This is scary. You're starting over. This is raw. This is vulnerable. I am lost. But then somewhere that still quiet voice, right, saying, hey, follow this beam of light and keep going. And it's interesting because as the band Everything, which was my career, and I had a brush with fame, I had a superstar song, and I learned some hard lessons about myself in the pursuit of fame, the pursuit of money, the pursuit of success. It was mixed in with real love of music and real desire to connect with people, the real healing power of music, and the desire for adventure, right? So it was a mixed bag, as most people are. And I've been carrying songs with me, and I've been carrying ideas with me. And as the band Everything starts to collaborate again, I've been having some of these interesting breakthroughs. So as somebody who's almost 10 years sober, who started late in life with a stable relationship, and I have a seven-year-old daughter. I just came late to the domestic game, the stable domestic game. I was very creative. I was successful in a lot of ways. I just like to rip up pavement 
And maybe I just wasn't subtle. There's a whole lot of things there, but there's this progression. And, and then there is music, and there's music and connectivity that I've had over the years in an intimate space that I've been doing. Sitting down to write songs and produce material is tricky for someone like me because I did it so hard for so long, and many of my peers went on to become superstars. It was like, where do I get the time, or how do I focus to give the material the respect that it deserves at the level that I know and that I've done in the context of trying to be a stable, responsible person? And what's interesting is that the world, as much as it's really bizarre right now, there's some amazing things that have come out of it, which is like, you can do all kinds of things. You can produce really good material in your bedroom. Like I have a dobro player in Nashville working on my song. I have sessions with Nate and Steve from the band Everything virtually. Like we can work now in a nonlinear environment. And and through the last 30 years of production, I know how to produce material. I know what I want. But I haven't had the faith to work through it. And so a little anecdote of this intuition. So... Um, working with people, talking with them, it's like I, I've noticed that we all have an interior dialogue that sometimes we wouldn't use on people, our friends or people we cared about on our teams, right? It's like we would say things inside of ourselves that we just wouldn't say to other people, like in a negative way. And it's just like, oh, we all do it. And so I uh, have been bringing parts to the band everything, and we've all been bringing parts, and the, and the joy of learning what the other members would help fill in is really exciting for me. To see other people shine in collaboration gives me energy. And uh, there's just been this piece that I've been working on, and I'll play the riff for you real quick. Really, it's just a really simple riff that I've been playing acoustically. And and I've had these kind of lyrics and I kind of worked on it, but I'm like, I've I've been holding on to it for like 15 years. Thinking of it as an acoustic song that I would do as a solo artist. And I was Sunday morning, a couple weeks ago, getting ready to go somewhere. And I I got my electric out because I was like, you know, that, that actually sounds like a bigger song. So I got my electric guitar out. I got the beautiful Paul Reed Smiths. And I just started to play that riff, started to loop it around, got all experimental. And I was like, man, this this sounds like it needs to be bigger. So Steve came down from the band Everything, and we set up our material. We're doing pre-production on this new record. And he's like, hey, let's you know work on something new. And I was like, hey, man, I've had this riff forever. So I played it for him on guitar. And he's like, that sounds great. I was like, cool. So we had our both our both laptops up, both of our laptops up. Once again, my gram- my grammaticals, my grammar is um, off the tracks. Um, so we start working on it. He's on his box. I'm on my box. We have switched to using uh, Apple Logic, which is a digital audio workstation. Um, been fun to learn things. I'm a lifelong learner. And being synced up on the boxes, we could like be working concurrently and then know that we have this a similar technical language, right? Back to like what's possible now with technology. And and we started to have fun, right? He's composing these like horn sections and writing some drum parts because uh, our drummer Nathan wasn't able to be with us. And we kind of come up with these cool things like, hey, that's fun. Like I do a scratch vocal, no lyrics, you know, and just one take, right? Like don't think about it. 
So I go to dinner and then I come back several hours later and Steve plays me this construct that he made, this like idea map. And it was awesome. I was like, that is cool. Like it was a thing. And I was like, how cool is that? That I worked on that. And what had happened was, is so that previous Sunday I'd worked in the morning for about an hour. And then the next day I'd worked on it around five o'clock. I was just playing the riff and just kind of working through stuff. And I was actually doing that five o'clock thing as a stress relief because something had come up in sort of my day work that was not, something had gotten under my skin. And I felt better after just working on it. And then the next couple of days, I just, you know, I think I had a little negative self-talk around like, oh, I'm not being productive, blah, blah, blah. And there's this intuitive part said, hey, dude, write down what you've been doing. And I was like, oh, that's right. I spent an hour on Sunday morning and I spent an hour Monday night working on this riff. And then by Thursday night, that riff had been turned into the the skeleton of a really cool song that we got to share with our friends on Friday. And they were like, that's a really cool thing. And it's direction for the band everything, because I feel like we have the record of our lives waiting to happen. And that's running parallel with me working on some solo material where I'm working on some, with some musicians, some musicians in Nashville. Yeah, sorry for the sound effect. It's getting ahead of myself. Some musicians in Nashville who are giving me great feedback and great pieces and all of that. And it's interesting because having faith in that intuition and investing in that feels really, really good because I'm doing it for the process sake. I'm doing it to make great work. And it's energizing my coaching journey and it's energizing my ability to listen to people and be an active listener because being an active listener with somebody who is a coachee is the same skill set as being an active listener as a musician. Because listening is the key, space is the key, less is more. And it's really, really interesting to see this happening and uh, I'm excited for the future. So kind of critical self-reflection being that theme and thinking through that and watching it just spark all of these things happening. And I'm really grateful to have people around me that are just really interesting because I like interesting people. Um, so if you're a coach uh, or a friend of mine and you're just listening to this, welcome uh, to all my friends and people out there, what's up? I hope you're doing really good. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you're paying attention to the people around you and that the rhythms are funky and deep and that you're feeling groovy. I will talk to you all soon.